This week on the Game Dev Show, I have the privilege of sitting down with an actor, Abu Bakr. Am I pronouncing yep. that correctly? Abu Bakr Salim, yeah. Abu Bakr Salim. You may recognize his voice mm. from Raised by Wolves. Well, um, and Assassin's, Assassin's Creed. Creed. Yep. Yep. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And oh. also, most importantly, as founder of Silver Rain Games. I mean, <laughs> how are you doing? I am not sleeping. I am constantly <laughs> moving. <laughs> I'm going yeah. yeah, it's it's mental. You know what, actually? No, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm living a really good life in the sense of I'm doing a lot of things that I really, truly enjoy and love. That's just me being real and honest, man. It's crazy to think that I'm acting as well as working in the games space, both, you know, in front and behind, behind the scenes. It's nuts. It's nuts. Yeah. It genuinely is nuts. I mean, like... <laughs> It's, it's crazy. It's I don't know so how crazy. you've done it. To I be mean, honest, I don't know either. You know what? I remember so clearly before I even started the, the actual company, when I was like, when I was, when it was an idea of like, yeah, I really want to get into games, like on a development side. I remember just talking to people and be like, yeah, I really want to, you know, start my own studio and make games. And people would literally look at me and be like, you're mental. Why? Why do you want to do that? I'm like, cause it's so good and it's so fun. And they're like, no, it's it's so stressful. I'm like, ah, it's fine. You, you guys are enjoying it. You love it. That's why you're doing it. And like, you know, and I lived, and rather than necessarily, you know, do as much research as I can. I mean, I did a lot of research, but instead of like, you know, finding out too much, I was like, ah, you know what? Screw it. Let's just go for it. Mm. And I now understand why people told me that it was a crazy idea to like to, <laughs> to get in. We're like 30 people deep and I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> this wasn't planned. Dude, I was going to ask you about this because like when you were younger, like t- tell us about you growing up. Was games yeah. always a part of yeah. your yeah, youth? Man. Yeah. So for me, games has always been something that has been in my life from day dot in the sense that it was one of the things that I think I connected to strongly. I'm dyslexic, so I struggle a lot when it comes to reading. It takes me ages to read something. Film and TV didn't actually really move me as much because, again, I didn't really see anyone who who looked like me or, you know, the stories just weren't that interesting. I was more into, you know, cartoons like Dragon Ball Z or, you know, or like Pokemon or whatever as a kid. But for me, games, you know, from playing things like Sonic or like Soul Reaver or like Mario, those games were like, that was my way of escaping. And sort of, I remember just going on holiday. We used to go on holiday very rarely growing up, but every time we'd go on holiday, I'd make sure that I'd take my Game Boy to just play like Pokemon or like there was this like Indiana Jonesy sort of game. And I forget the surroundings. Like I didn't care about the surroundings of where I was, be it like Kenya or whatever. Like I was just all in my world of this playing the Game Boy. That was just my way of relaxing in a way. Mm. That was my, that was my break. So it's always been there in my life. And as I kind of you know, got older, started to appreciate story more, playing games like Kingdom Hearts or like Final Fantasy, you know, these games started to move me on a different level. And I think like, that's why I always say that I kind of got into acting through games because going on that journey with the characters for such a long time, it felt like I was, you know, in their shoes going through it and I could connect with them on that level. And I really was inspired by that. I wanted to do that. I wanted to move people on that same level or be these mm. characters. So I think that's why I always say, like, I got into acting through games. Do you and, have a favorite game growing up? Did you oh, have like a, was there no, a one I, that stands out for you? I just, like? I just played too many. Like I still even play too many, but I remember they're almost like benchmarks or like pillars of games. Like, you know, for example, I was a massive World of Warcraft player. 
Um, mm. Used to love World of Warcraft, Warcraft 3, and like, you know, playing on those like servers type of gameplay on that kind of stuff. Kingdom Hearts, as I said, was a big yeah. was a big game for me. Sonic Adventure 2 Battle, that was like a massive game for me. I remember <laughs> spending hours and hours and hours on that game. There's Soul Reaver, Ocarina of Time was one of those. That was the first game mm. I, I think I remember as a kid conquering my fear of those zombies because those zombies can do one because they're still scary. Like it's like, it's not even and like, oh. yeah, but that was also something that um, I remember really distinctly playing on the N64 golden eye as well. Mm. Um, time splitters. Uh, it was a great time, wasn't it, right? Yeah, like, it was like, such a good I, time. It's like one of the... Go- we speak about it sometimes with various guests about the golden era of games. And it was almost like, you know, the 90s and yeah, the 40s. There was just this period where everything that was coming out was just, it was just fantastic. Stellar. Yeah, Like, it was so yeah. good. And there was, like, so much... I don't know. It was like, there was just a lot of heart and love into it. It was like, it was mm. so different. In reg- It's like, you know, when you see old films, like when you watch old films <laughs> and you're like, oh, that's such a good film. You yeah. know, recently watched When Harry Met Sally and I was just like, this is such a lovely film. Like, you know, like, <laughs> when I, and then I'm watching like, um, sort of like rom-com films now and I'm like, what the hell is this? Like, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's so, it is, there was that period. There was that period of time where it was like, oh, it's just different. I, do you know what it is? Obviously not to be negative about it, but I just think the games obviously makes a lot of money now. It makes so much money. And I think yeah. back then, a lot of the time people were making games because they were making the games they wanted to play 100%. and no one had made them. And I think sometimes now, not always, but some companies, it's naturally, it's going to happen. Like everyone does this in every industry. Sometimes people make games because they want to make money and 100%. you can really tell the difference. Do you know what? Obviously you're, career is fascinating a lot of time we have people on and they're like yeah i've got a degree in computer science or i did like art or design but you actually graduated from the london academy of music and dramatic arts yeah, back in yeah. 2014 my, my, my degree's in acting mate classical <laughs> yeah. acting well, I mean, and here i am one? running a game studio like what kind of foolishness mad is this man, mad like it's man. not even any game studio it's like an ea original <laughs> like it's just I think like, it's brilliant. I there's think so many, there's times where even I'm like, I, if I meet other developers and they ask me, I, I begin with like, I'm so sorry. I'm, just, <laughs> just I'm so let me sorry. Before let me just like... before apologize because I don't know how I got into this. It just, it just happened. Oh, uh, <laughs> That's so good. Wait, what, what was it? I was looking, I thought, oh God, this is going to be years and years ago. You graduated in 2014. Yeah. But what was it like studying there? Is there anything you've learned there that you've been able to take into helping you with like you know the founding of yeah uh, silver rain yeah i think you know what what that training actually did provide me it's more about the fact that it zeroed and honed in on story and it was all about the story it's you know you are Mm. doing a service to the story and i think that's what i learned a lot at drama school because a lot of the time you get a lot of actors i'm not saying that every actor's like this but a lot of the time you want to be the star of the show and it becomes about you, yourself, personally. And the, the thing about drama school, or what I found from drama school, is actually it removes that element of you and you simply become a small cog within this massive machine that needs to generate and tell a story or, or provide you know, a service, content, or whatever you call it, entertainment. Mm. And I think taking that mentality has really helped in regards to realizing that, yeah, it's a collaborative ensemble process. You can't build something on your own. I mean, some people can, but it demands a lot. But I feel like 
the one thing that I did take from drama school is that fact of like, okay, this is a collaborative process. We're all part and parcel of telling this story, you know, providing entertainment to a degree. Let's help each other rather than necessarily undermine one another. And I mm. think that's kind of the approach and mentality I've tried to go into within the games industry and especially within, you know, with Silver Rain. It's like developer first. You know, it's all about the, you know, it's about us working as a team together rather than necessarily being like, okay, what best serves the product? Like, we're still going to give you an incredible game. I'm, again, a big believer of like, happy developers make happy games. So Mm. we're not saving the world here. Let's just have fun while we're doing it, you know? So, Yeah. yeah. That's a great attitude to have what you're doing, you're creating a game, it has to be fun because it's, got, it's yeah. such hard work <laughs> that if you don't make it fun, I don't know what are you doing it for, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, otherwise it's just, yeah, it's just a waste of time. Like, it's yeah. like really, it's like, <laughs> I'm too it's, short, man. Yeah, it's so true. It is so true. And I think it's great that um, you've been able to apply that to obviously Silver Rain. But before, like, obviously before you found the Silver Rain, you... So you're an actor, very mm. well-established actor. You're working on, well, yeah, Raised by Wolves, Ridley Scott. But also, like within the games world, obviously you, you had the lead role in Assassin's Creed Origins as uh, Bayek. Um, yeah, Bayek, yeah, yeah. What was this like? I mean, it was ridiculous in the sense that I was a massive fan of the Assassin's Creed franchise before I even knew I was auditioning for it. And they ended up dropping the bomb that it was Assassin's Creed in the room while I was auditioning. You know what? I still, even to this day, the waiting to hear whether I got the part or not was the two longest weeks of my life. Like, mm. generally. I love Raised by Wolves. And, you know, Ridley Scott is incredible and sensational. But that feeling of wanting to be an assassin in Assassin's Creed was like, <laughs> it's like what a kid wants, you know, when they want to be an astronaut or something. Like, I was like, this is it. Like, if I get this, I can die happy. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's my legacy. Like, I wanted oh, to, it was, it was incredible. So good. How did that come about? Like, so is it, do you have an agent and yeah. they've like so, helped you? Yeah. So yeah, I've got an agent and the, the role was actually, it was advertised as, it was advertised as motion capture, but it was advertised as like a motion capture TV series for like an ancient Egyptian sort of um, mm. uh, piece of, you know, of work. And I was kind of like motion capture. Okay. Whatever. Like I've never really done that before, but that sounds pretty cool. But it was advertised as something else. And um, my agent kind of put me up for it. And I think at the time it was just very much a feeling of like, um, okay, you know, I'm an actor, you know, any work is good work. Like it's good. It's good fun to do as long as the story is good. Mm. But when they did mention it was for Assassin's Creed and it was for a game and it was going to be in Montreal, filmed in Montreal for like two years, it was really, um, yeah, it was, it was just really surreal because it was, I don't think I really processed it at the time. And even during filming it, I was, I remember thinking to myself, God, they could literally just get rid of me anytime they wanted. Cause this is, this is surreal. This is unreal. Like the biggest role I've ever got. Like that's crazy. But that's fantastic. I love the way that games are taking narrative led performances far more mm. seriously now. And I know narration is a very key thing for you and like your mm. like ethos and like your focus and why you got into games from reading some interviews you've done with other publications. Mm. Do you find like voiceover or traditional acting more challenging and why? To be honest, I find it requires a different skill 
and you have to turn mm. something differently on, right? And like, I actually find um, there are pros and cons within everything, right? In the sense that with, I find like with motion capture, it requires you to imagine a lot more because nothing looks like what it does. So for example, you know, rather than having a sword and a shield, I've got like a stick and like a dustbin lid, uh, <laughs> which I ended up working with, you know, in Assassin's Creed. I was, I was, I mean, like I was in this, this suit with sticky Velcro pieces it's like, and I remember someone coming up to me and being like, you don't really look like an assassin, do you? And I remember just thinking, no, I, no, I do not. <laughs> this is all make-believe. But at the same time, I found it incredibly freeing. And I found it like, okay, I'm, I'm connecting back to that kid of me again who pretended like, you know, mm-hmm. he was in these kind of crazy worlds and stuff. Whereas like um, on set, on like, you know, on, on film or TV, it's everything there is, it really immerses you in the sense that it all looks like as if you're in that space. Um, so like for yeah like raised by wolves i mean the, the set designers and, and the builders and the construction people they're all brilliant because they make everything look like you're in space or on a different planet and so you kind of lose yourself in that as well it's all about being adaptable and in in those environments especially with depending on what skill or what thing you're doing with it so mm. yeah it's it ranges man it does range so from there obviously like this is the crazy bit this is the bit you have to like fill in so from there you decided to found a video game company. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, that, what, where's that, where was that gap? What, yeah, was that? Where, what happened, man? Like, what? I, I woke up one day and I just was like, I want to manage a games company. No, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, no. Um, I think it's, it's always been a passion of mine, a drive of mine to be in control of the kind of content and stories that I tell. I think there's there's a lot of responsibility to that. And I think like it's um to be able to have that sense of ownership over something is really, really important. I knew that I always wanted to start, be it like a production company, be it like film, TV, or theater, or even games. Like I knew it was always there. I think my first port of call was games because it was the one at the time that I felt so driven and passionate by. And like, you know, games to me was something that I just really wanted to to kind of click into, you know? Yeah, 100%. And with Silver Rain, does that epitomize that? I mean, tell us about Silver Rain. What does it stand for? And yeah, I mean, does it make you unique? What makes it so, unique? So I think, you know, the, the, the thing about Silver Rain, it's like the way that I see it or the way that I think we as, as a company and how we're building it and how we're growing it is that we are truly all about making an incredible experience, a gameplay experience that connects to human truth to some degree. And we're not going to kill ourselves over it. So Mm. we're not going, you know, it's, as I said, like the developers and the people who are part of making this an actual thing they come first. Like we, we truly want to make sure that people are happy when they are creating this stuff. Because I think again, that then allows them to be open and raw mm. in the content that they make. And that's sort of where we're coming at it from. We're coming at it from, from something a lot deeper than, oh, what would be fun to play? Like, yes, mm. of course, that is definitely an element of it where we want to kind of come at it from. It's like, we're coming to it at a place of like, how does this move me? How does this move us while also creating cool gameplay mechanics at the same time? That is what's key. Because I think at the end of the day, it's like, 
there's so many games out there and there's so many developers out there and there's so many people yeah. out there making, you know, cool stuff, boring stuff, whatever. The point is, is that they're making stuff, right? And you're not going to really gain anything by competing with a bajillion people, right? The mm. only thing you can do is just be honest and truthful to yourself and bring your own self to it. So that's the way in which I think we're approaching the industry as a whole. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. I think it's a really good and really unique way of doing it. I think... The thing is, to be completely frank, like everyone will talk about, well, especially when they're setting up a developer or they're a founder, like everyone talks about the culture and what makes you unique. But I like that you're like, that matters more than anything else. Have you found because you're an actor by trade, has it made it more challenging to bring people on board? Or is it easier once you nah, describe so much, the vision? So much easier. You know what's funny? Like as soon as you tell people, we want to actually listen to you while we build this, rather than be like, okay, you're going to join us and this is what you're going to do. People mm-hmm. are like, hundred percent game. Like they switch, they turn, they, they're like, Oh, you want to listen to me? Like it's, it's almost like a, it's so weird because it's, again, it's even as an actor, right? Mm-hmm. Whenever I'm on set, if a director or, or a producer or even a writer comes up to me and is like, or even another actor and they're like, hey, what do you, how do you think about this scene? Or what do you think about this? It makes me feel part of the process. And I think a lot of the time what studios or, or spaces can happen is you want to provide a product and you have to serve that product. And you end up just forgetting that the other person who's delivering that product is human. And I think Mm. that's, yeah, you're right. A lot of people are trying to, you know, they say like, yeah, it's all about the culture and it's about this and it's about that. But of course it's about culture. We're all working in the same group. But when Mm. you really are like, no, 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 I want to actually listen to you. If you're going to tell me this is going to take an extra three months, I'm going to give you that three months. Mm. If you're telling me that, you know, actually this is going to cause a lot of pain within the team, we're not going to do it rather than be like, oh, but it would make the game so much better. It's like, screw that, man. Like, Mm. enjoy the process of what you're making. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I think that's brilliant. I think, do you know what? It's so true. Like, I think, especially as companies scale, naturally people fall into, like, categories, right? Like, just by their specialism. Like, it's an unfortunate byproduct of being excellent at something Mm. is that you're expected to perfect that aspect of the title so Mm -hmm. if you're a fantastic artist you might have brilliant ideas on game design but the producer the exec producer the people who are paying for the project are going to be like you're our lead you're our art director like we know you're great game design ideas are fantastic but we would appreciate if you just went back to like drawing pictures i like that you're like we listen to people i do think there's a real truth in the smart people ask the questions because they want to gather that knowledge it's so funny like literally just recently you know we used to have this contract that was like 30 pages long and every time we send it to someone to sign they'll have to go through and then they come back with all these questions and all this sort of stuff and it was just a lot it's a lot to read and even myself like i'd read this and i'd be like this is too much so we just made it four do you know what i mean like they were like this is scary and i'm like it is scary all right let's make it four pages still has the same weight, still says yeah. the same stuff, but we just made it four pages and much nicer mm. to kind of, you know, to, to digest and more yeah. open to talk about. But mm. it's like, that's all it takes. Just takes you to just listen and then act on it rather than necessarily either just talk about it all the time. Because that was another reason why I kind of wanted to start the studios because I was just tired of talking about how, you know, we can change, you know, we can change diversity or like you know add more diversity here or do this kind of thing and it's like actually ultimately all you just got you just got to do it have a whack at it <laughs> see rather, what happens and you know right. what i mean and just see what happens yeah. and then work with it that way rather than necessarily sit down and talk about it and feel really good about yourselves and then move on <laughs> it's, like, <Yeah. laughs> it's, like, it's so interesting like there's so yeah i know like i understand like the parallels with 
just people naturally want to talk about problems without solving them. Yes. I, it's just a natural thing I think people do. And I think with diversity, 100%, like it need, it's a problem that needs to be solved, especially in the games industry. But I think yeah. you're completely right that actually we, we speak about it a lot on this podcast because I, I like bringing it up. I like talking to people. Mm. Like um, we had Amber Ligery. Yeah. Oh, and obviously she recommended oh, yourself. And she's, she's fantastic. And mate, the work she's done to increase diversity and to get more like young women involved in the games industry is brilliant because she's doing something about it, right? Like she's acting. She's acting. She's That's actually it. acting. She's just, she's just doing it. And, you know, sometimes you do get asked like, yeah, but what is it? What are you doing? And it is, it's just literally just being. I am so thankful for, for EA literally just giving me the opportunity to do what I'm doing because mm. already that has inspired now people who look like me or are different to actually be like, I actually have a chance. It's the same thing mm. with like this, with Race by Wolves and getting a, a lead role in a Ridley Scott TV show. That gave me the inspiration to then be like, I want to start a games company. Actually, mm. you know what? You know, getting an Assassin's Creed made me feel like, oh, I could play a leading man. And mm. I could just keep going back, but it all comes down to just literally being given the chance mm. to do something. Yeah. Like, and that is it. There was a moment where I was inspired by seeing someone who, you know, looked like me doing what they were doing. And I was like, yep, I want to do this. And then someone literally being like, yep, I'm going to give you a chance. Don't know whether you're good or not. Don't know what you can bring, but you can definitely bring something, but I'm going to give you a mm. chance. And that just sparked and rolled, snowballed me into the position that I'm in now. Yeah. But you you've acted I mean? on it, right? Like, that's the thing. Like you said, just being right. You've acted. Like, 100%, you've taken, yeah. You've, you've been like, I'm going to use this momentum to do this. Yeah. And then I'm going to do this. But there has been moments, you know, where it has been difficult and it has mm. been hard because my momentum has either been stopped by something or someone. And yes, you have to kind of restart it again sometimes. And I, and I, and you know, I get it. Sometimes it can be just tiring, but it comes down to, again, as I say, like it being like a, com a communal thing of people just being like, you know, give them a chance. No, just mm. go for it. Don't question about it. Just go for it. Just try it. Otherwise, you're just going to stop and not do anything. You're just going to sit there and just complain about it. Yeah, 100%. I love that attitude. I think it's really important. And I was going to say, like, with EA, how did that come about? Did you talk to them so, like, yeah, about this? So, um, I've got a really, really good mate of mine called Josiah, who is working at EA at the moment. But at the time, I think he was just starting. I told him that this is what I want to do. This is, you know, this is the aim. The aim is to start have a game studio, and, you know, make some really cool games. Do something different. And bless him, man. He didn't have to. But again, it's that whole thing of like, he gave me a chance. He just literally was like, he threw my email and he was like, give me your deck. And I was like, okay, cool. So I sent him my deck over and he was like, all right, I'm going to send this over to all the EA people so that I know that I know. And I'm like, mate, that's dangerous. <laughs> like, that's, that's stupid. What are you doing? He's like, no, I'm just going to do it. And he did. And it got the attention of the originals producers. And we just ended up talking and I think they saw it. They saw that they saw this, this genuine passion mm. of, from this actor who, you know, <laughs> who genuinely has no idea about game development. <laughs> he just wants to make a really great game. And oh, like, but I, I think, you know what? I think they just saw the heart and they were like, you know what? We're EA, man. Mm. We can take that chance. <laughs> like, yeah. we can do it. <laughs> and they did. Oh. And I've learned so much, like yeah. so much. And it's, Truly, like, they've opened so many doors within my mind that I mm. don't even realize was there. And that's essentially how it happened, mate. 
yeah, it was just a sense of just meeting and talking to them about it and just really believing it, you know, believing in my own, what I kind of wanted to do and sort of yeah. trying to deliver that same feeling to them. How is this going to work with you in acting? Are you going to carry, are you going to act in your, in your game? <laughs> can you imagine? Like, I just started yeah. the studio just so I can act in it again. It's like, <laughs> but why not? Why not? Why, 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 why not? You know? Uh, yeah. No, no, I think my acting still exists. Like, you know, I think the studio has been designed to coexist with the, the work that I do as mm. well. I've got a brilliant team of people that I'm surrounded by. Mel Phillips is, is one of them. And the idea is that I can still do my acting work and still work with incredible artists at the same time as, you know, working and developing a stellar game with stellar people. Even within the, the studio ourselves, we're kind of cool about people working on, you know, their own personal little projects or, or you know, their own little thing because we're all artists at heart. You need that. You need something else to kind of, you know, get you excited to then come back and bring that excitement back into this space. So it just works because we've all got this deep understanding with each other. It's so funny. Someone asked me the other day in the studio, like, how do you feel being responsible for like 30 odd people while you're also, you know, being an actor, like doing your own thing? Like, is, is that scary? And honestly, it, it really isn't because... I just trust that people know what they're doing, that we all mm. care about this. And, you know, I'll do my job along with you doing yours. And like, yeah. just, if we work together, we can, it's going to be all fine. It's going to be all dandy. So yeah. as long as, yeah. So that's kind of where that responsibility and that fear is kind of negated is because there is a level of trust there. You read about all the successful founders and CEOs. Mm. And th the most important thing is that they build a team that they trust to execute their yeah. roles fully like they they're, they're almost like the conductor right you know you see on large projects producer producers almost like the conductor of the orchestra in many ways and the ceo the founder is often the conductor of the organization you know you, you're not playing all the instruments but you're bringing in the people to play the instruments within yeah the orchestra and you the best ones always just trust them to play their instruments fantastic yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it really is yeah yeah but that's great so you're not sure about acting in your games though you it happens it happens man like, like guys i look, want the lead role I'm, I'm, I'm oh. listen i'm i'm fighting it's so like even the game that we're making now i'm like doing all the voices for at the moment just as as like placeholder and even then i'm still fighting with the team be like oh maybe i could do this voice and they're like yeah but mate you're not a girl and i'm like <laughs> Maybe maybe this one has a deep voice. Yeah, I you know what I mean? Like, I, I can be whatever you I want me to be. You know what I mean? Like I'm an actor. You know, I trained at drama school for three years. I can I can do whatever you want me to do. Oh, <laughs> like, this is fantastic. That's so <laughs> Wait, I mean, are you moving down the line, right? Like yeah. the game comes out. I'm not gonna obviously talk about dates or anything like this. I imagine it isn't sustainable, right? To do mm. both long term. Have you thought about that? Like the future, do, would you go more into game development or would you focus more on acting? I am just, I'm driven by creativity and creating. Mm. And honestly, the game studio is definitely um, taking a lot of my time and I love it. <laughs> and acting, I also love, but I'm being a lot more selective with the stuff that I'm in. And that's just generally because, again, I want to be in control of the stories that I tell. 
Mm. Look at someone like Daniel Day-Lewis. He only does like a film every three years because, you know, he wants to be with family most of the time. But he's doing what, you know, he he puts priority over the things that he sees as important. And I think that Mm. that is true. And I think like that's the kind of way that I want to live my life. And yeah, you know, I, I think I will always do both. I will always do more. I will just be led by what creatively inspires me. So, mm. you know, be it like, you know, again, like let's say the next game that we make is something that I can, you know, just trust the team more to sort of lead and, and direct and do more. I'll just kind of watch. But as long as I'm a part of it and I'm happy with that, then I'll do more film and TV. Do you know what I mean? But it will mm. all be in service of each other. Do you know what I mean? Like I even see like Raised by Wolves helps me creatively influence the work that I then do. But even the game studio itself influences my acting work. So mm. it's it's all part and parcel of the same thing. Yeah, of course, I can't do 10 films a year and also run a game studio. That's just madness. Yeah. Um, but I can be selective on the films that I do that pack a punch as well as, you know, the, the game studio. I mean, people, I mean, there's so many people out there who do it all the time in, in order to sort of just even just survive mm. like more than one job. It's like, it's, can do it it's just all about priorities yeah i think i think that's a great answer i think you know what's nice about it is it's very real you know almost managing your own expectations yeah and it comes down to what you value right yeah. like there's a big thing at the moment i'm talking to like friends and like people at work about this actually the way people value themselves and what they value the most in life often differs but the most important thing is that that's your core and everything you work towards 100 percent I think, um, like you said with Daniel Day-Lewis, his is clearly like his value is his family, right? Like yeah. that's what he values. And maybe acting, even though a lot of people will see that as like, oh, that's an incredible career. He sees it as he loves it. And obviously I'm just making assumptions, but his value is his family. Yeah. Whereas some people it's money, some people it's state, everything changes. Yeah, it changes, it's different, right? And mm. I think that's the thing. And I think as long as you know what you're led by. It's very interesting to see someone, an actor, basically come in and be like, man, I'm going to make a game, right? I'm going to make a game. This is why I'm, I keep saying, like I keep going after people and I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like, I just, I just, I just, I just spoke. I was someone else and here yeah. I am. I think it's very interesting. It does actually quite lead quite nicely into like some of your inspirations though, because I read that, one of your key things was interactive storytelling and how that's a huge influence for you and how you approach your creativity. Mm. How do you think that's going to evolve within game development over the coming years? Interactive storytelling. Uh, storytelling. Yeah, because obviously I know that's like games as a whole, right? It, but yeah. we're seeing more and more takes on actual narration within games. Mm. Um, for me, it's... I've always seen games as another medium of taking in stories. It's just a lot more active. You are part of that world rather than necessarily being passive where you watch film and TV. And I think like story is, um, is strong, man. Like it's going to always be the heart of something, I feel. Even if you, if you have a game that's just got really cool, fun mechanics, the point is, is that it tells a story in its own little degree or own little you know, own little way. So the way it's sort of evolving with the industry and with the actual space itself, I think we're just going to find more interesting ways of delivering stories interactively, be it, you know, through the senses, be it through, you know, community. Like, I think that there's just going to be so many cool, there's so much more space of exploration there. It's kind of technically led by technology, right? And technology Mm. is always evolving. 
it's funny. It's like, you know, I, I never watch films in 3D because I think watching films in 3D is, first of all, it hurts my eyes. And it's like, <laughs> it, it's, it's like, it doesn't do anything. And yeah. whereas, um, you know, I'm not getting any, not getting much, but I always mm. used to love those kind of like 5D rides where like <laughs> the, 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 you know, the seats moving and, you know, someone farts and you can smell it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's like, oh, you know, those kind of crazy, those kind of crazy mm. things because it's actively using me as an audience member. And I think, you know, I think we might be jumping into, into a space like that. I just recently mm. bought my partner a, a VR headset playing super hot. And oh my God, I was sweating at the end of it, but I loved it. Like it was amazing. And I bought it for her, right? <laughs> so it's the thing is, it's like, I think that's where we're going into. I think mm. it's, it's getting more audience participation in and having that element of agency as a, as a, as a, as a party. Yeah. It's interesting. We had um, a gentleman on like season one, uh, Patsy Pitcannon, and he always said this thing, and it, audio is the, like the emotional engine of the brain. You always remember audio. You always remember VO. And it's like, you know, when you're talking about the cinema, like when I think about IMAX, I always think about how incredible the sound is, like right. how you feel enveloped. And the screen's obviously incredible, right? It's like a step up from normal cinema, but it's audio. It's like, I think this is why... Um, for me, like games that stick to me are things like God of War, like the latest oh, God of War. Because like, it's delivered so well. Like you got like Kratos, Christopher Judge as Kratos does such a fantastic job. Oh man, what a reverberate game. You. It, it, it is, isn't it? It's like the gameplay, to be completely honest, is it's quite traditional. It's it's excellent. It's pretty it's basic, not, yeah. It is pretty basic, but it's the, the rate of led experience and it's the audio and the acting and the way it's delivered. It's and balanced I, so well, man. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Like, I can't wait for Ragnarok. But um, do you find that there's an expectation with you, like being an actor, do you find there's an additional expectation for you to innovate the VO and the narrative acting experience? Yeah, some, sometimes, but as long as I tell a good story, as long as the game tells a good story, you know, I, I think that's what's key and important, right? And look, within the game space, I feel like we have to prove that we can make a good, fun game to play. As long as we can show that at its core, then comes the, the space of being like, actually, yeah, let's play around with this. Let's like throw this up there, you know? Because mm. at the end of the day, we know at our core that the experience that the player is going to have is going to be strong. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there is, but at the same time, there isn't because I'm not really bothered about expectation and, and pressure because it's about us just enjoying it and having fun while we're doing it. And like, that's what's key. I feel like, you know what? It would matter in regards to, um, let's say, you know, it isn't successful, right? Back to that question. It would matter more so if there was so much blood in it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so much people have, have put so much blood in and sort of sweat in it. Whereas, mm. actually, I've been in things where it's not really been that great. And, but I had such a brilliant and stellar time doing it. That to me matters more. I've made some of my lifelong friends on productions that were just like, oh man, like, oy, like, I don't even want to say it, man, because it's like, <laughs> don't bring back memories. But the point is, it's like, I've also done some, I've also worked on some really, really kind of cool projects mm. that have actually been a bit soulless and like, I've got nothing out of. So yeah. Success is is different for everyone, right? And yeah. but for me, it's it's again, it's I think for me, success kind of really 
lies within just having a good experience, both yeah. making it as well as delivering it. Yeah, 100%. I think um, people can sometimes get too caught up in the destination, right? Like, Absolutely, yeah. I think about the journey because, yeah. man, the destination can be fantastic. But if you're on the journey longer than you are the, you're going to be at the destination, then does it really yeah. matter? So like, funny. I had, a, I had an old acting teacher who would, um, I don't know why he told us this story or this this thing, but it's always stuck with me in everything that I do now. He, he was talking about Maltesers. And like eating a packet of Maltesers, it's like chocolate sweets, right? The idea is that, yeah, well, you know, when you buy that packet of Maltesers and you open it up, you know, that first one is delicious. That second one's fantastic. And then you don't remember everything else until you get to your last one and then you're upset. And I'm like, God, that is so deep. Because <laughs> it's kind of like life, you know what I mean? You're like, you're so fixated on just eating it. You forget that you're eating it and you forget enjoying it. And you're just like... Oh man, yeah. now it's the end. So that's brilliant. I, all the time I just keep thinking, yeah, just live your life like Maltesers. <laughs> that's brilliant. That's what I'm gonna take from this conversation. I don't even know why you even shared it with us, but it was so deep. Or just like <laughs> wow, okay. Man, that's crazy. That's um these analogies, mate, they can come from all angles. <laughs> <Can you? laughs> Honestly, I don't even know what that's got to do with acting, but it was just oh, dude, moves me. Man. But that could be the best lesson. You just like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's so true. Do you find that? Do you find, like, I was going to ask you about this actually with the acting and game dev. Do you ever find, because it's like a very unique position, do you ever find people trying to leverage you having your feet in both worlds, right? Let's like say, mm. do you know what? I'd, I'd love to come and work on what you're working at, your projects at Silver Rain. Is there any chance you could like introduce us to Ridley Scott? Right? <laughs> <laughs> you and Ridley, you must go yeah, way back. Right? Like, yeah, I mean, does that I ever happen? I mean, not really. Sometimes, but like, does it? But most of, but it's it. I mean, on the, on that level of like, oh yeah, I'd love to work for you. Could you introduce me to Ridley? Like, tell him to jog on because even <laughs> even I struggle to actually you know talk to Ridley sometimes. You know what I mean? Like. I do get a lot of people who do come and, and come over and they're, they're fascinated about the idea of mm. um, working in games, but also learning a bit about the film side or even mm. the film side, wanting to learn more about the game side. Yeah. And I love that. To mm. me, that's like, I'm hungry for that. I think that that's where we can really explore truly that kind of that storytelling passion because it's so true. These mediums are, these are, you know, games, TV, film, theater, books, podcast, anything, they are just another sort of conduit to good storytelling or, you know, connectivity. And I think like the more exposed we are to all these spaces, the more people we can reach and the more, um, the, the more exciting it is. I didn't know that you could even work in games as a kid, right? I, I had no idea. Like I thought like you'd put the, the disc inside a PlayStation, like these magic elves make something happen. Like, <laughs> Inside my video, that'd be so much, that'd be so much more interesting. Much more magic. You imagine when you start opening your PlayStation, realizing it's just a bit of like, like all these electronics. But the thing is, like, I had no idea you could work in games. Mm. If I knew earlier on that you could, I probably would have jumped into the games industry a lot sooner. So, this is the thing I think that's just knowledge. Knowledge sharing is key. Whenever I do get people who are interested in the others, you know, the other space or looking at the other space, I'm like, absolutely, let's do it. Because I feel quite fortunate in that position, right? I feel fortunate enough to be able to dabble in both spaces. Because, yeah. you know, I don't only just act, you know, I'm, I'm looking at producing films. I'm looking at, you know, writing TV. Like, I'm, I'm doing all this stuff because it's, again, all part of storytelling. I guess, like, the more work you do as well in games, like, the closer games get to film in many of their ways, like, the how they're directed now and 
you said obviously with your experience in Assassin's Creed, it's just like I know you're there with the dustbin and a, a broom, but you know, like that's gonna that's naturally gonna keep evolving. And I think it will be interesting because we see companies like Netflix, you know, they've launched their game services, right? Yeah. Um, you've got Warner Brothers have obviously had their game studio for a long, long time. Do you think Silver Rain and like other I don't think there are other similar companies with like someone like yourself as the founder, but do you think Silver Rain could start along with Netflix movement, could it start basically more and more film studios looking yeah, at creating game studios? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, 100%. There's absolutely, like, space for that. And I think there mm. will be a space for that. I'm a, I'm a big believer of there needing to be more sort of collaboration. And it needs to come from an honest place. Like, it doesn't need... It, yeah. like, sometimes you do feel like people... And this is in all spaces where they want to try and make the next big thing, but it's all generated by money because it has, like, people who really love, you know, oh, we know that this has a fan base, so let's just make a TV show about yeah. it and whatever. It needs to come from a place of like, no, we want to tell a really cool story and reach more people. So yeah, yeah I think so, yeah. I think that's why like so much innovation is coming from indies, coming from small studios, because mm. they've got that mindset of, we want to make this story or we want to tell this story, we want to create this game. Like, And it's, it's fascinating. Um, they don't make the most money. Like everyone knows no. they don't make the most money, but... You know, the the older I think gamers get, the more people I speak to are playing the smaller titles because they're just like different. It's crafted differently. Do you ever think we'll see people like Ridley Scott or say Martin Scorsese directing a game? I think so. I think the future mm. the future generation of directors are going to be looking into game directing. Absolutely. I think like even writers are going to look into game writing as well. I think... Mm. We already have animators who work both in video games as well as film and TV, you know, VFX artists as well. Even producers. We produce games, can also produce film, TV. I think that that kind of bleed between them all is is really, it's it's not far. You know, it's just a few, just a different skill level, different kind of, I mean, different skills, different kind of elements of application, but it's all part of the same parcel, you know. Mm. So, and I think so too. I think 100%. I know that yeah. there's directors who I've been working with recently who are really, really keen on looking into games and cinematically and sort of playing within that vibe. And again, it's different, right? A, a cinematic director on a game is very different to like a actual game design game director, right? Because it's it's a different kind of thing. But at the same time, I think you can find some similarities in getting maybe a game director to direct a sort of um, like a short film. In the sense mm-hmm. of how do you how do you execute the sort of it's, it's yeah it's part of the same thing man I think there's going to be a definite bleed there already is well actually do you know what I was going to say with actors and actresses like yourself actually it's different with actors and actresses appearing in games like you've got Keanu Reeves obviously in Cyberpunk really? and then you've got um, Daisy Ridley and William Dafoe I think they're yeah in and, and James McAvoy as well yeah and James 12, McAvoy yeah. like twelve minutes and I think which is fantastic I I just love that yours is you're you're an actor but you're like actually I'm gonna I'm going to make games. Man. Well, exactly. Make games. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> what's, what's the best way of being the lead in every game? Just make the game you yourself. Make the game yourself <laughs> and then be the lead. Like, I'll be the lead in my own games. Yeah, exactly. I'll write my I own script. It. I normally ask people at the end of an episode to summarize their career so far, right, in the mm. games industry. But I know yours is not only like, incredibly exciting, but it's incredibly young. I just um, started, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I just woke up and I'm here now. <laughs> Again, I'm apologizing at the same time. Like, I'm so sorry. I'm here. I just... Where do you want to be in five years, dude? I know it's such a CV interview question, but you have three objectives in five years. What would those three be? I guess be known for 
not only making incredible games, but also being a studio which is incredibly supportive to developers, you know, like a safe, cool space to be in as well as to mm. kind of work with and, you know, play their games. Mm. I guess it's that, you know, this, and it's always going to be a thing, right? It's always going to be that worry of like, oh my God, are we going to, you know, is this next game going to sell? Is this next game going to do this? And I kind of want to, I want to be in a position where it doesn't matter. Ultimately, the games that we do are all fun and real cool. Like, you know, I want it to be like a, like a surviving studio that the relationship is between us as a mm. studio, Silver Rain, and the audience that we are telling the stories to. Mm. I think, you know, because at the moment, I love EA and EA are brilliant and they're actually aiding and helping us in regards to getting into that position and that place. And they've given us the chance to do that. So it is just kind of wanting to be in a position where it's like, cool. Actually, you know what? A good studio as example is actually like Hazelight, man. Not only do they do actually really, really cool, fun, crazy games, he's just so unapologetic about what he, mm. what he does and what he wants to build and create. Like he, it is all about providing a great experience for the people. And that's what it's about, man. Like that's where the joy and the and the and the love comes from. So mm. for me, it's like being in that position and being like, yeah, we're gonna try this game and it's crazy and it doesn't make any sense on paper, but hey, <laughs> just go for it. And then everyone plays it and they're like, this is crazy, but I love it. And that's like, that's where I want to be, you know. Mm. I want to be in that position of like, hey, let's try and do like a really small, you know, five-minute game. What can we do in five minutes? How can we change someone's life in five minutes? Go, let's mm. do it. And then just do it and, you know, be it whether it works or not, we'll be like, hey, at least we tried. And then move on to another thing. You know what I mean? That creative freedom. That's where I want to be in five years' time. It's creatively yeah. free. Nice. I love that. On that note, Abu Bakr. Mm. I'm, it's my, my pronunciation is awful. Good, man. Like, it's Good. terrible, dude. I'm terrible. Abu Bakr, yeah. Abu Bakr. Yes, I like it. Um, it has been fantastic. It's been enormous. This has been fun, honest. mate. This has um, been great. <laughs> oh, it's been... It. Um, it's been brilliant. And um, I just got to say, like, uh, the views you've heard today of Babakas and my own, um, they do not represent our employers. And if you want to reach out to us, you can at gamedevshow at ptw.com. Sir, I can't wait to see what the next five years holds. Oh, mate, honestly, <laughs> I, I, I don't even know, to be honest with you. <laughs> Starting game studio in the middle of a pandemic and then being like, yep, <laughs> okay, we're doing it. Like, what well, happens in five years, man? Oh, <laughs> can't wait. I can't wait to have you on here. You're going to be grey oh, and you're going to be a wreck of a I'm man. I'm like, you know what? Game dev can do one. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I love acting. I just, I'm just going to be a farmer, to be honest. Oh, don't be. Farmers, like, I'm sorry. No, they have it hard, man. They, they have it hard, too. Sir, pleasure. Thank you. Take care, man. Thank you, man. Game over.